Hey there, welcome to the Soulful IVF podcast. Here we're all about empowerment and living our lives fully as we navigate through fertility treatments. In this space, you're invited to live in possibility. My name is Lisa and I'm your host, an occupational therapist turned IVF mama, soulful IVF coach and best-selling author. I'm here as your guide to walk alongside you, helping you lean in, keep that light alive and optimize this path. Here we have real, raw, heartfelt conversations about fertility and about life, covering the science and the soul. You'll hear from other women who have walked this path, fertility experts, and so much more. These inspiring conversations are here to help keep you moving forward, stay informed, and remind you you're not alone. We walk together. Buckle in and hold on, baby. You're in for quite the adventure. Let it begin. Hi, thank you so much for being here. If you are like me going through your fertility path, you want to be informed. You want to make educated decisions, optimize everything working out in your favor. Having a healthy embryo is number one. And um, this topic today is all about intralipid infusions. It's a procedure that, a treatment I should say, that I chose to do back while going through my fertility path. It was recommended to me to optimize our one healthy embryo. And um, Dr. Green and I had this conversation back in September of 2020. It was one of the most watched episodes on my YouTube channel. And so I decided this was a great time to reshare it here to support you. A lot of you are having transfers. You're looking for, you know, the data to help you make informed decisions moving forward. And so this is a really good one. Dr. Green being the data guy, he explains, you know, different situations that when they would offer this at their clinic and when do you do this treatment, who are good candidates for this, um, who should not do this procedure and what, what questions do you want to consider asking your own clinic if you're interested in this treatment? So lots of good stuff here. Um, we do a deep dive into interlipids, and I hope you enjoy this one. Welcome, Dr. Green. Hi, everyone. Lisa here with IVF Manifesting a Miracle, and I'm here with Dr. Green doing a clinical conversation today. Hey, Dr. Green. How's it going? Great. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for asking. Great. So we have um, a pretty hot topic today that a lot of people have been sending in some questions about. It's interlipid infusions. So I know you're a big fan of them. And I think we could start off with like, what exactly, what are they? What, what are interlipid infusions? Well, first of all, you know, one of the things that's important to consider is that a successful pregnancy is a culmination of many individual steps. You got to start out with a healthy egg and a healthy sperm eating at the right time, and then arriving into a uterus at the time when the uterus is most receptive. Okay. And, and so all of those steps have to go right before intralipids could ever have any influence whatsoever. The purpose of intralipids is to help make sure that the woman's immune system responds appropriately to that embryo once that embryo is implanted sufficiently for her body to recognize, hey, we've got a visitor here. What do we think of this? You know? Right. Because one of the keys to a successful pregnancy is that the woman's body has to accept that embryo after that embryo has been created. And I know you, um, well, basically, to put it simply, you're injecting fat into yourselves. 
I like laughed because when you recommended this protocol to me, I was like, oh, I didn't think I'd ever pay to have fat injected into me. <laughs> but <laughs> let's um, start from that perspective, okay? Yeah. There's certain dietary fatty acids, okay? Our body is very efficient. So we make things out of other things, okay? Yeah. And so this is why, for instance, if people eat very unhealthy fats, we make more cholesterol, okay, and that's bad. But mm -hmm. there's certain healthy fats that are actually so healthy, nutritionists call them essential fatty acids, that literally you can't walk around and be healthy without a minimum number of these essential fatty acids, because your body uses them to make certain chemicals that our body needs to reduce inflammation in the body, mm -hmm. producing other chemicals called prostaglandins and prostacyclins. These are chemicals that are used within the immune system for different cells to communicate with each other. And so part of the problem is, is for instance, the standard diet of the typical person in the United States is very pro-inflammatory. You know, it's high in what's called, you know, unhealthy omega-6 fats and, uh, you know, and certain omega-3 fats that are in animal fats. And, and these can make any one of us more susceptible to arthritis and heart disease and stroke and all sorts of problems. Okay. But everyone's familiar with the fact that, that fish, for instance, are very high in what are called omega-3 fats. And those kind of fats can actually reduce inflammation, okay? okay? And so the typical American, based on their diet, is eating a pro-inflammatory diet. And one of the things that makes, for instance, the Mediterranean diet such a healthy diet is, number one, it reduces animal products and at the same time increases things like olive oil instead of butter, and you know, for people that do eat, eat you know, flesh to eat more fish and less of the animal products. And, 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 and those dietary changes increase these essential fatty acids. And so since a lot of people do have a pro-inflammatory environment in their body, mm -hmm. giving injections of the omega-3 fatty acids, which is what intralipids contain, okay. is a way of dramatically shifting your body from a pro-inflammatory state to an anti-inflammatory state. Mm -hmm. So it's a way of, instead of trying to suppress your immune system, which is what people used to try to achieve with steroids, mm -hmm. instead you're trying to normalize the immune, the immune system so they could give an embryo a healthy chance instead of creating a hostile environment for it to try to implant and grow. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Um, how long has this been around? Can you share a little bit of the history behind intralipids? Well, first of all, intralipids have been around for many, many years. That If somebody is injured, for instance, and has their jaw wired shut and can't eat or can't eat for other reasons, they have to get all their nutrition from their veins. And one of the things they have to get is intralipids to keep them healthy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the treatment has been around for many, many years, as long as we've had IV nutrition to keep people healthy. Okay. It's been used in this field since about the early to, to the late uh, 2010s. And I can tell you, uh, one of the pioneers in the field of reproductive immunology was a guy by the name of Jeffrey Shear, who 
started the Shear Institutes. And I actually worked for him for many years and I was one of his medical directors when I was in California when we created the intralipid protocol. Yeah, that's pretty And what we did is- You're a big part well, of the beginning of this. Well, and, and what we were doing is we were trying to find something better than the steroids that don't work for most, you know, immune issues. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Shear at the time was using a lot of something called IVIG, which is extremely expensive and only had a, a limited amount of success um, because it had a lot of complications associated with it. Mm. And we found that this treatment created the right shifts in the immune system without the risk of the IVIG and at a fraction of the cost. And so we started doing intralipid infusions around you know, the late 2000, around 2007, 2008. Okay. And, and uh, you know, since that time I left the Shear Institute and I worked somewhere else and now I work you know, at, at uh, Conceptions. And, and I've got really, you know, roughly almost 15 years experience with this protocol and, and when is it useful, when is it not useful. And even more interesting, I also have the perspective of how effective is it in this place versus that place and in this protocol versus that protocol. And it's not universally always the best answer for each patient in each situation. Those are some of the questions that came in and, you know, I know you've been collecting your own data there at your clinic and um, can you share a little bit of research behind, um, you know, is there a specific diagnosis that you need to try with these or can it's, you, it's a, not sure. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's kind of interesting because I could tell you, you know, many of my colleagues have been very skeptical of intralipids for many years because it's a very difficult thing to even research. And let me explain why. First of all, as I mentioned at the beginning of our discussion today, you need to have a healthy embryo to begin with, okay? And many centers either don't test embryos or they're not you know, transferring embryos of sufficient grade, and you and I discuss grading anywhere you know, elsewhere, or they're not genetically testing the embryos. And so if you're, if you're transferring an embryo at a center that has about a 30% chance of success per embryo, it's hard to tell, is this gonna boost you by five or 10%? And, how, and it, how is it gonna be, you know? And, and so most people want what's called a randomized study. Now, a randomized study is exceedingly difficult to perform in reproductive women because if you sit down 50 women and say, we're gonna randomly decide if you're gonna get this treatment or not, they're going to fold their arms and say, you're not going to make that decision for me. Yeah, I'm not going to be so your it's very, <laughs> it's very difficult to do those experiments. Mm. With that in mind, the way we started initially investigating intralipids is we first looked at women that had a series of miscarriages in the past. And so women that had a history of recurrent pregnancy loss we said, okay, there's something that's going on after the embryos implanted in these patients. So it has implanted, but then miscarried after. Okay. Yeah, and again, so they've had a positive pregnancy test okay. and then they've lost it. Mm -hmm. And so we initially were using it in that category of patients. And we said, wow, when we, you know, this person's miscarried three times before, when we use it this next time, the chance of miscarriage is this much lower. That seems very significant. 
because you're comparing the same person to herself. So once we had that data, we said, let's look a little bit further, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and so over the course of the last five years at our center, because we know really what each embryo should do, we initially were using it only on people with a history of recurrent pregnancy loss. Okay. And then we started saying, you know what? We had some people that had failure of, an, of, a, of their first transfer, mm-hmm. what's called implantation failure. Okay. You've got a genetically healthy, high-grade embryo, and it did not implant. And we said, what if we started this on people that had a history of implantation failure? And we had some people that wanted it and other people that didn't. And so it wasn't randomized study, but it was self-selected. And we saw that if they used this with their second transfer and they chose not to use it with their second transfer, what was the difference? And we said, wow, that seems pretty significant too. Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. And so then more recently we said, now what are we supposed to do for the people that only have one embryo? You know, and if someone only has one embryo, and we know we're not gonna get a second chance, I don't feel right making this decision for them. Mm-hmm. And maybe we should offer it to people that only have one embryo and say, you know what, I don't know if you need this. It can't hurt, it might help. You decide if you want it. And what we found, and I think you can speak to this, is a large percentage of those people not only got pregnant, but went on and had healthy pregnancies. Yeah. And so to, to summarize, the three situations that we offer this are people that have a history of recurrent miscarriage or people that have a history of implantation failure or people that have a very limited number of embryos and they want to feel like they're giving each embryo their best possible chance. So like if someone only has two embryos and they really want to have two kids, I wouldn't refuse to give it to them. But at the same time, I'm not going to convince them that they need it because I don't have any data to say that you absolutely won't be successful without this. That's really helpful to explain those different scenarios. Um, how many rounds do you typically recommend? I know for myself, I had two. And is that a tip, is that standard? Well, um, again, you know, I think it's important that we talk about what is the basis for the recommendation. This mm-hmm. is targeting a certain population of cells that live in the uterus called NK cells. Now, these cells live for roughly about six to eight weeks, okay? Okay. So we give the first dose about 10 days to two weeks before we put the embryo in so that any NK cells that are there have already gotten this treatment, Mm -hmm. okay? Okay. Then we give the second dose after we know someone's pregnant. So what we do is we say before the next wave of NK cells comes and replaces the current batch, let's make sure we've treated them as well, okay? Okay. And so that, and so, and if someone doesn't have implantation, they don't need the second dose. So that's why we wait until after the positive pregnancy test. Oh, okay. When I was at the Shear Institute, we did studies on was there any additional benefit in continuing it every four weeks through the pregnancy, there was no additional benefit except to the company's checking account. So we don't recommend that because there's no additional benefit. It's more like a financial donation to the fertility center because it's not going to further boost success rates. Mm-hmm. So, you know, two doses seems to be the minimum amount and it also seems to be as much as is needed. 
And to give people an idea, I think each round for me was about $300. That sounds about well, right. Well, that could vary from that, one that center change. to another. Right. So change. that's why people have to, you know, we do things purely at a, at a minimum cost. You know, mm -hmm. uh, what's the cost of the medication? What's the cost of the IV supplies? What's the cost of the monitoring? You know, and so we do it as cheaply as possible. But I've heard of some people going to transfusion centers and getting charged like $1,500. Oh my goodness. So, you know, I think it was a pretty quick procedure. If I remember, it was less than 30 minutes if I was in yeah, there. Yeah, you know, and, and again, it can safely be run in, in in roughly 30 minutes. I know some people prefer to do it over closer to an hour. Okay. And do you see more clinics talking about this? I, I, know it's kind of I, I, I don't really look to see what other clinics yeah. are talking about. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. That's, That's a better question. question. <laughs> I, I'd rather ask you. You tell me. <laughs> well, I, I personally don't know. I just know from uh, my experience with, with you all. But um, Yeah, well, that'd be a good question to pose to our listeners. I don't know if yeah, I'm no, that That's a good point. I mean, because myself, I get questions about it. Some other fertility sisters of mine, they get questions about it, you know, why someone well, then, add them to their protocol? What are the advantages? And you're explaining all of that. So. Well, and I'll tell you an interesting phenomenon that happened in my own office this morning. I had a patient that was treated with intralipids elsewhere three years ago. And one of the first questions she asked me if, is if I believe in it. And the first <laughs> thing I told her is, you know what? I don't practice based on my belief. I practice based on data. And I actually have a lot of data and I know when it's appropriate to use it. And so, you know, but I'm also always looking for new uses and new data. And that's why it's important that it's not a perfect solution for everybody in every situation, but it is something that there is enough data that there are situations that could absolutely be useful. Yeah, no, this is great. I think it helps people just to have another, just better understanding of what this procedure is, you know, um, if it might be something for them to consider in asking their own doctor. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, the thing that's most important is first and foremost, you gotta have a healthy embryo. Intralipids is not gonna prevent a miscarriage of an unhealthy embryo. Yeah. That's plain and simple. It's not gonna fix that problem, you and know, but it can. These, these lipids can't hurt you? It, it can only hurt you if you're allergic to the ingredients. It's oh, something yeah. that's, that's typically made nutritionally. You know, the product that we use is made that if someone is allergic to eggs or soy, oh. then uh, we don't administer it. Because, mm -hmm. uh, again, we can't, we, we can't be sure it's highly purified enough that they wouldn't have an allergic reaction. Okay. So uh, that's okay. the only you know, great concern that we have with it. Okay, good to know. Um, gosh, this helps a lot. Um, thank you so much for answering yeah. these questions. Yeah, and, and absolutely. And you know, one of the things that I think is most important is anybody that's considering intralipids should absolutely talk about it with their center, talk about what is your success rate with it, what is your success rate without it, if they don't have any experience or knowledge, you're better off asking somebody else because the biggest problem with this treatment is that when different people use it, it depends on how good their protocols are to begin with. Mm -hmm. And as any fertility patient knows, success rates vary dramatically from one center to another. So you can't take one aspect from one protocol and try to transplant it somewhere else 
and assume right. you're going to get the same results. Well, I know your clinic is up there in numbers. Isn't it like number one for live birth rate in the U.S.? You, you know, you know, I didn't ask you to say that, but the numbers do show that. Absolutely. They do. Yeah. You didn't ask me. No, I know that. It's... Well, and, and most importantly is even talking about how do people define success? Some centers like to talk about pregnancy rates, but pregnancies that result in miscarriage aren't really a success. I always tell people there's no half points in reproductive medicine. So the only outcome we're looking for is a live birth. Right. If it's not a live birth, it's not a success. And that's exactly what this topic speaks to because it, get, it makes sure that a healthy embryo gets the optimal chance of making it to the point of being a live birth instead of resulting into a, what I call a post-implantation failure. Yeah. you know, or a miscarriage that happens after a positive pregnancy test. I'm grateful that you had the knowledge behind this to recommend it for our situation. And that was 2016. So thank you for absolutely. Well, like this. I said, it's, it's, it's something that was relevant for us to talk about. And that's why we talked about it once upon a time. Yeah. And now we're why we're talking about yeah. it still. Good. I think more people are going to learn a lot more about this. So um, yeah. Uh, do you have any other last things you'd like to share. You have a blog at enhancingfertility.com. Yeah, and, and even on that blog, I even talk to people about some diet and, and lifestyle ways of trying to reduce inflammation in their body, even possibly without intralipids. Mm, you know, okay. and it, it's a blog post that I have that, I, you know, I said, it, and again, this speaks to what you were saying earlier. It's a not good fat or bad fat, but the right fat. Right. You know? <laughs> In other words, there is a healthy essential fatty acid. And sometimes if people can increase their dietary sources, it might even decrease you know, some of the need for this. Yeah, well, thank you so much for all your valuable information. And absolutely, thank you for writing the forward of my book. It's absolutely, on Amazon, Hold On Baby, if you haven't read it yet, I'd love for you to check it out. And for anyone seeking out personalized support on their fertility journey, reach out to me. I'm at IVFManifestingAMiracle.com. So thank you, Dr. Green. Stay happy, Lisa. And have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. I truly hope you enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Green. He's just a wealth of knowledge. I'm so grateful that he was my second doctor <laughs> after my first doctor left the practice. Uh, he is well-educated and has a lot of good wisdom to share. So hope you're considering this treatment for yourself and looking into it possibly to support you in optimizing your embryo transfer. I'm here to cheer you on, and as many of you know, I offer private support. I offer intimate group support, transfer prep sessions. There's a lot of different opportunities to work together, and just having you here on the podcast, I hope you're finding a lot of value in these conversations. If you are enjoying them, it would mean so much if you would share these with a friend, share with a fellow fertility sister who you feel like they need to hear this like this would support them just any tips tricks I mean this is what it's about right we're all in this together in this community to optimize our path to motherhood right so it would mean the world if you would share it with a friend and I, I just am so grateful this is how my podcast can, can reach more individuals so consider tagging a fellow fertility sister and um, rating it if you would be so inclined to rate the podcast. It really helps it grow. I so appreciate you being here. Connect with me at ivfmanifestingamiracle.com. I look forward to hearing from you. This is where it begins. 
Letting the light in, soaking it in Darling, don't you know that you've got a gift? So look deep within and make a wish Let it lead how you live And let it begin Let it begin